Welcome to the Beyond Green 365 podcast. This podcast educates homeowners on how to make healthier choices when updating, remodeling, or building a new home. Step Beyond Green to Healthy supports, advocates, and educates for healthier indoor environments. We make every effort to offer healthier options and learning opportunities. However, our assistance is not specific medical advice for any one person and or medical condition. For specific medical advice, please contact your physician. The content provided by Step Beyond Green to Healthy is for your information only. Any application of this information is your responsibility entirely. Here is your host, Jonathan Sinovic. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jonathan Sinovic, and welcome to Beyond 365 podcast, where we're talking everything healthy with about indoor environments. Commercially and residentially. And today's guest, we welcome Mike Waz from the Wisconsin Firefighters Charitable Foundation. He's going to tell us a little bit about the foundation when we start chatting here with him in a minute. But he is a father of three, married, and has lived his entire life in Wisconsin. He is, his parents were small business owners, which is kind of unique. And so he had that drive to be kind of independent and launching, but he got swayed at 17 years old by a program within his high school that allowed you to finish high school early and become a firefighter. So he has spent 22 years as an active firefighter and now also splits his time as the executive director in the foundation. Mike's life is is extremely fascinating. He has a bunch of life experiences we're going to hear about today, but he's full of facts about firefighters. And today's episode is all about fire 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 prevention. Fight a lot of fires there. Fire prevention. Because of the toxicity that off-gasses during fires, we want to make sure that we don't have a fire so that we aren't exposed to those toxins as we're trying to leave our house, but we also don't let firefighters into those toxic places. So we're going to talk about fire prevention. We're going to learn a lot about the fact that fire is reality today. You know, when I started chatting with him earlier before we started the podcast, uh, he, he was I was like, Mike, we really don't see much in fires anymore. And he's like, actually, we're seeing more fire deaths now than we did in 2018. Um, and so we're, we've got to be reminded about fire prevention. We've got to stay on top of it. And he's going to talk to us about it today. Fires, Mike. We're back talking with about fires, and I'm I'm. You get me nervous every time you sit in this studio, and you give me more statistics and more and more data about fires. But more importantly, firefighters, it just pulls at a heartstring. But we're back here today because we want to continue to spread the word and talk about fire prevention. Um, I'm gonna let Mike kind of recap a little bit about his foundation as we did the last time. So just is uh, just hang hang tight if you heard the the previous one, or if you haven't heard the previous one, you want to listen to the, the next one. So Mike, tell me a little bit about the foundation that, that you're here representing. Sure, the Professional Firefighters of Wisconsin Charitable Foundation is a public charity that serves as a champion for burn survivors, firefighters, and safe communities all across the state. Uh, we work to champion community risk reduction uh, in uh, our communities throughout the state. Um, I like to think that everyone in Wisconsin is touched by the work we do, uh, whether through um, fire safety and prevention initiatives uh, or the work we do to support firefighters and their families during times of need. Uh, and obviously, you know, our, our mission of our organization is to prevent these fires and burns from happening at all. Uh, however, when a burn injury does occur, we're there to provide meaningful support to burn survivors of all ages and in all stages of recovery. Excellent, excellent. It's a, it's a fantastic foundation. Um, please check them out uh, on the website and all of the great things that Mike does um, for that foundation as well as what the foundation does for the public and firefighter fire support. Um, fire prevention. 
I think I want to I want to take a moment here before we talk about fire 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 prevention and go a little bit back. And one of the conversations that Mike and I had had previous to recording the podcast today was that a firefighter doesn't just fight fires. And I just want to take a moment to talk about the fact that fire firefighters that's a that's a piece of their job. Um, but they're the ones who kind of on the first is seen to anything, you know, whether it is an accident, whether it's, uh, you know, some kind of distress call. Um, and so they're, they're not just there to fight fires. We're going to talk about how we're going to make sure that we can prevent them today. But more importantly is that keep that in mind is that they may have just left something else when they came to help you in, in a situation that maybe was more traumatic than, than your situation. Or, so I, just, I want you to just take a, a moment to realize that they're dealing with things in life that you could probably never want to deal with or that you never dream of. So um, just, just, you know, you can't give them a hug, but, but, just, but just be respectful and understand that, that not, that's a hard, it's a hard job. It's not something that you should take for granted. And they're just because you made the phone call and it's the first time you've ever seen them, um, they may have just spent a whole evening trying to fight a fire or they're helping someone get out of something. So just, just kind of keep that in mind. And it was, Mike was, you know, just going over some, some, some of the stories with me. So I just want to make sure that, that everybody out there, you know, just, just, just give them a, again, give them a mental hug. They, do, they deserve it. But fires, okay, uh, they exist, according to Mike. I, I told him, I said, I don't really think, we, what, what do we need firefighters for anymore? There, there, are, no, there are no more fires, right, Mike? Well, uh, five years ago, um, I would have told you that we're doing a great job. Uh, If we looked at uh, the work we've done in fire prevention over the last 30 years, um, overall in Wisconsin, we reduced fire-related death by 50%. Wow. Over the 30 years prior to 2018-19. And even more remarkably, fire-related death among kids under the age of 14 was reduced by 80%. Hmm. Five years ago, this was true. You know, unfortunately, we're going in the opposite direction. You really? Know, especially uh, in our elderly population, and uh, especially when you look at the number of deaths per 1,000 fires or the death rates. Uh, nationally, in 2020, uh, the average was, was six deaths per 1,000 fires throughout the country. Wisconsin is 11.7. Wow. Almost two times that. Uh, of the, the rest of the country. So, yes, you know, the, the fire problem is real. Uh, it's very real here in Wisconsin. And, you know, I've said it before where I, I think the problem is nobody thinks a fire is going to happen to them. And when you don't think something's going to happen to you, you, you don't prepare. And in this business, preparation makes all the difference. You know, fires today are hotter, faster, more toxic, and deadlier than ever. Uh, we've done the, the side-by-side fire sprinkler demonstrations. We've done demonstrations comparing, you know, legacy construction, legacy furniture to our modern construction, our moder- modern furniture. 20, 30 years ago, you know, 30-plus years ago, we were seeing that legacy furniture, those couches stuffed with cotton, you know, wood, paper, you know, taking as long as, you know, 20 minutes, a half hour to reach flashover. Flashover is the, the point at which everything in a, in a room that's on fire reaches its ignition temperature and just takes off in one big fire. You have fire floor to ceiling and nobody can survive flashover. Now we're seeing flashover with the modern construction, modern furnishings, and as little as three minutes. Three to five minutes, that's all it's taken. We repeat that over and over again when we're doing these side-by-side uh, fire sprinkler demonstrations. So it, it really is eye-opening. Yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling to me because I think 
you, you said it. You said it right in the in the very beginning in the fact that we don't we just don't think about it as, as much anymore. And it's actually not due to lack of education. They still do it in school. My wife teaches second grade, and they actually go to the, the smokehouse. I forget what the label of the, the house is, but it's not really a house. It's a it's a it's a unit that they they go to and they learn about you know how to crawl through the house and how to feel the doors and keep the doors shut. Um, and I remember doing that as a, as a kid too. So, I mean, it's, it's not that we've even changed our educational pieces of it. It's just that at some point, like you're saying, we just, as we got older, maybe we just heard less of them or there were less of them, according to you, right back in, you know, maybe five years ago. Um, but now it's, it's a different, maybe it's a different type of how things are setting a fire. I, I remember my, my grandfather had this peating unit and it had, you know, the, the two prong cord and it was it was cut by something and it was you know and you'd leave that against something else and that's that's how you envision like old school fire starting right and that's actually probably not how fires are are generally started today well i mean it's we all know our lives changed during the pandemic you know we're, we're spending more time at home working at home doing things within our home cooking in our homes you know all those things operating devices within our homes um you know because of the, those modern furnishings, the, the fuel load, modern construction, you know, building materials, those fires are, are worse off than ever before. Uh, we're, we're seeing more of them. We're, we're seeing that death rate increase. We're seeing those injuries uh, increase. And we have all, you know, slew of uh, new things to, to, to worry about. Um, you know, we need people to, to check and replace their, their, their smoke alarms, uh, batteries. You know, a smoke alarm, uh, early detection is key. Early notification is key. You know, having smoke alarms in every sleeping area of the home within six feet of every sleeping uh, area, so in a hallway or whatnot, and every floor of your home, uh, including the basement. And, of course, in, in newer homes, this is mandated by the code uh, that these smoke alarms are in these places and they're interconnected where one sounds, they all sound. Um, older homes, it's not, not the case. Um, we want to have and practice a, a fire escape plan. You know, all ages, all populations, you know, need to do this. You need to think about fire safety in our home and how are you going to get out, stay out, and call 911 in less than three minutes. You know, that's huge from going, you know, dead asleep to hearing your smoke alarm to getting out of your house in three minutes. Uh, that's that's an impressive feat. You know, and mm -hmm. doing that can be, you know, you know battling the, the most toxic smoke that, you know, you can ever imagine. You know, this dark cloud of toxic soup um, is, is really something to think about. And think about fire safety, you know, in everything you do, especially when you're, you're cooking, grilling, you know, using candles, smoking, doing laundry, or any home repairs. Um, you know, people have to be cognizant of uh, fire safety. The problem is real. We're seeing that higher death rate in Wisconsin. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of things about it. Um, you know, we, we all operate the state's largest, you know, community risk reduction, fire prevention, you know, initi initiatives whether it's providing uh, smoke alarms to fire departments to install in the, the homes of at-risk populations in their community, which is really defined as anybody that doesn't have a fire uh, smoke alarm. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, focusing on, you know, people over the age of 65, uh, people with children in the home, you know, people with disabilities, of course. But, you know, if you, if you don't have a smoke alarm, you're at risk, and, you know, chances are you can, you know, go to any home store and buy one or contact your fire department for resources on, on how to get one. Um, we're in the middle of a campaign, you know, right now where we just uh, purchased about 5,000 of them and working with about 30 departments right now to get those installed um, in communities throughout the state. Uh, we also have our, our fire prevention publications we do. Our fire safety newspapers and education just has 25th year 
Uh, last year, we, we insert this in 25 of the state's largest newspapers uh, for distribution during uh, Fire Prevention Week in October. Uh, and we also take pre-orders from any um, fire department, school, or community organization, which we're reaching about 2,200 of those. Uh, so those pre-orders are open right now on our website. Any, anybody that's going to utilize it, you know, can, we, we'll send them free copies. Uh, sure. Then, of course, you know, fire sprinklers. You know, fire sprinklers are the gold standard of, of fire prevention and fire safety. And uh, it's like having a firefighter stand by in your home 24 hours a day, you know, with a, a hose, you know, ready to go. I mean, it's certainly the, the, the gold standard in, in fire prevention. You know, it keeps your loved ones safe, it keeps your property safe, and, and more and more it keeps our firefighters safe. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was, I was thinking as, as you were, you were talking, we've, um, We've got you. You talk about the elderly, and you've mentioned it a couple times now. And, it, and I was thinking to myself, you know, we're if you're if you're younger and you you've got a calendar or you know digital calendars, you can program. You know, you can set up a time to remember to change the the, the batteries. Or um, I think one of the the dryer vents. I just I, I can't tell you how many times you know you hear the stories of that getting clogged and starting fires. Like it's just it's one of those things. What you don't think to clean your your dryer vent. However, you you can remind yourself to do it, right? Or have or have it professionally done. We, we we talk on the healthy land about duct cleaning, right? So, and one of the things that comes along with duct cleaning is that it's an option to have your dryer vent cleaned. It's not an option, folks. You got to you got to have your dryer vent cleaned, um, especially when you when you get the, the the duct cleaning done. But when it relates to the elderly, you know that's an interesting thing because we talk about um, not being able to move. Uh, elderly people into nursing homes anymore. The cost of it is so they're staying in their homes longer, except for the fact that their maintenance on their homes gets neglected a lot of times, right? Because they aren't thinking about the batteries and the and the, the fire detector, the smoke alarms. They're not thinking about how they're cooking or what they're leaving on the on, on the stove. And so it just really it just kind of maybe like run through a laundry list of, hey, check on mom and dad and make sure that you've created the checklist for fire prevention. Don't I mean. Don't rely on them, right? I mean, at the, at the end of the day, they're they might be forgetful. They're not thinking of it. They're also much older than us, right? So they've not heard fires as much as everybody else anymore. So talk about the, the generation that might forget it the, the most is the the people who haven't had to experience one ever in forty years. Well, we we know baby boomers are our big population. They're coming to that age that you know they require you know more care. Um, we're seeing. You know, a huge increase in the emergency medical runs, you know, throughout the state. Uh, number one uh, call or responder right now is falls in a lot of communities. Um, so partnering with um, county, you know, aging disability resource centers, um, they provide a slew of resources for elderly populations, whether it's, you know, a, a checklist of removing rugs, preventing those falls, but it's also an opportunity for fire prevention. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I tell my crew, you know, every day, I mean, fire prevention, we got to be cognizant of it. You know, we go um, pick up, you know, grandma and grandpa if they, they fall down, uh, but then we try to pick up our heads, look around, are there smoke alarms? Do they work? You know, it's a perfect opportunity to install or check a smoke alarm, and, you know, we try to do that first couple calls of the day, and I, I think that's really becoming the, the best practice out there for fire departments to do it, you know. Fire departments are busier than ever to just do these smoke alarm installations during the course of your normal business. You know, just when it's appropriate to do so, pick up your head off to, uh, you know, check the smoke, uh, smoke alarms, provide a little bit of education, and it can go a long way. You know, many people don't know these resources are out there. Uh, if you can't afford smoke alarms, most communities have a, a mechanism to uh, provide free alarms in one way or another. Sure. I think this also falls in the line of during the, when we talk about the pandemic, one of the things that a lot of people did too is they, they bought secondary homes. 
right? And they was a, it's a lake house or it's on a piece of land. And I as again as you're talking, I'm like running through my head like, hmm. So remember, if you're going to do it on your primary residence, <laughs> right. you know, I think it's e even the more an easier one for me to forget. In fact, I'm sitting here going, boy, I, I know it was at least a year ago that I checked the alarms at, at our, our family lake house. But it jogged on me like I got to put it on my calendar like I do my home one to make sure I check. But just like so that that secondary one and you're there far less. Right. So I think there's a there's actually, in my opinion, a more of an opportunity for fires to happen because you're. The things aren't, you're not everyday use um, or so, something can get neglected because you're like, oh, I'm going to get to the next time that I'm that I'm there as opposed to taking care of it when, you, when you're there. Because when you're there every day, generally you're not going to let, you know, freight cords and different things in the stove. And But when you leave and you leave for a week, maybe not having anything on that stove to, to uh, when you leave is a good idea. Um, make sure the grill is put away and things in, in safe places. Because again, we throw it in the garage. Well, we just grilled out the whole the whole weekend, and but you got you're trying to rush out the door on a Sunday afternoon because you're running late, and you're just going to throw something in there. Now, granted, maybe no one might be home when that catches on, but you never know what you're going to do to your neighbors or anything else on that. But yeah, so the elderly and like and lake homes and smoke alarms themselves. Since we're on the subject of that, um, tell us a little bit about their life expectancy because I think this is another one that mom and dad's house. Uh, that you go, oh, well, yeah, they've got all the smoke alarms, but I don't think we've, you know, I think I, re I put them in when the house was built in 34. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, smoke alarms, you know, just like anything else, it's um, something that should be checked monthly, you know, press the bu button every month, make sure they work. Uh, if they have batteries, change the batteries when you change your clocks twice a year, every six months. And uh, they say, don't wait, check the date. Um, smoke alarms only have a... a life expectancy of maybe eight to 10 years, depending on the manufacturer. So, you know, grab that thing, little quarter turn, it'll, it'll pop off the ceiling, you know, look at that data manufacturer. Um, you know, after that um, service life, you know, it may be hypersensitized, it might be desensitized, you really don't know, but that's all the, the manufacturers um, really stand behind them and say, you know, they will work for eight to 10 years. After that, we don't know. Right, and I think, I think you just have to get, and I know when we talk about healthy and we talk about green, people are like, oh, my gosh, I'm throwing away a, a perfectly good device. But when it comes to life safety, that's a, that's a whole it's a whole different ballgame, in, in my opinion. That's something you don't want to mess with. Um, more, more importantly is I would, just like anything else, I have to imagine that the technology changes and evolve just with better sensing units, with less sense, you know, less false you know, positives, um, things that don't work. So... It, it's got to be that, again, the eight to 10 years is the technology is going to have evolved to the next generation. And so it's just, it should just be a good practice that you're changing them regardless at that eight year point, right? I mean, it's just like one of those things that should just become commonplace, but how, but how to note that? Again, we're in a digital world. It's not hard. Put it in, put on that reminder, only let it run, you know, run it for 10 years. And on year eight, making the, in the notes, it was manufactured. We all have a Google calendar or, you know, whatever calendar we're with. Just put the manufactured date that it says it on there, right? Because another time is it might have been sitting on that shelf for a year. So be careful. It might not be the date that you put it up. You know, we don't. Right. It could be the date that it was manufactured was a year ago or longer if it's in a store that doesn't move, you know, smoke detectors very often, right? Right, right. And the, the smoke alarms we're providing, you know, the program, about 30,000 or more the last seven years are the, the 10 year, you know, lithium ion batteries uh, that have, you know, non replaceable, non, you know, almost tamper proof batteries. Oh, wow. Um, so that's a really nice, you know, feature of that program. You're seeing more and more of those. You're seeing smoke alarms that have, you know, dual sensors. Uh, you have uh, smoke alarms that even have, you know, three sensors. They're sensing for uh, carbon monoxide, 
you know, along with uh, you know the photo ionization and um, photoelectric, you know, mm-hmm. eyes that they have in, in the smoke alarms. Um, but that that's a huge thing. There's a lot of times, and and those alarms, they will beep. They'll do a, like four beeps, you know, every thirty seconds or a minute to to let you know when they're um, out of service. Which is probably another good public service announcement here is. Uh, if you, if you hear this in your home in the middle of the night and your smoke alarm's, you know, beeping four times every couple of minutes, you know, is the smoke alarm trying to tell you something, like there's an emergency, like get out now, or is it just kind of annoying? You know, it's, mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to call the fire department, you know, every time you hear that. A lot of times you can do that quarter turn, take it down, and it'll say four beeps every 30 seconds, you know, end of life. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, the firefighters have lots of things to do or sleep. I mean, that's another one. So if right. we can if we can prevent them going out just for a a, a bad, uh, but when you take it down, make sure you put a new one up. Exactly. <laughs> just because because I I have I have fold I I have my I'm gonna be I'm human. So I've had it go off and beep in the middle of the night and it's a battery low because I missed the last change out and mm-hmm. I put it on the I put mine on the counter though right where I walk past every day to go. All right, the next morning, throw out of the battery in it, put it back up. But uh, I, I, I definitely, we, we would want to take that down and just take the battery out and then, th- you know, not put it back up because obviously you're defeating the whole purpose of why it's there. Um, the, the one, I get asked a question about carbon monoxide and smoke detectors and location. So have you, so can you enlighten us? Does it, you said a three in, three in, in one, and I've kind of heard on the, you know, the, the pipeline of healthy that people go, well, except if you're mounting the carbon monoxide detector with the smoke detector in the ceiling and I'm on the first floor, then in order for it to get from the basement to that detector, now if you have it in the basement, it should catch it on the lower level, but let's just say it didn't. Is that the best place for it, or is a separate unit on the floor better than the combined unit on top? Well, a couple things like carbon monoxide. Your smoke alarms you know, should be your first priority. When you separate the statistics on carbon monoxide, like unintentional and you know, intentional death rates, you know, it's it's an issue you should have them whenever you have gas-fired appliances, um, but you see more deaths from, you know, obviously that smoke alarms could prevent than carbon monoxide. So that, I say smoke should be your, your, your first priority. Okay. Uh, with that, I think the, the vapor density is pretty close uh, to one, you know, meaning that um, carbon monoxide mixes with the air pretty readily. Okay. You know, so wherever the air goes, you know, carbon monoxide is going to mix and it's going to kind of be everywhere. I think it's slightly... Lighter than air, you know, so it, it will rise, you know, eventually, okay. um, but it mixes pretty readily as well. So uh, anywhere a smoke alarm is is fine. Okay, um, having those wherever you have gas-fired appliances, um, you know, people in rental properties. I think it's been maybe five, ten years since that's been long in Wisconsin. That you know, anywhere there's a gas fireplace or a fired appliance in a um, rental place, uh, apartments, you know, things like that, they're required to have carbon monoxide detectors as well. Yeah. So that can be kind of put that to rest because I, I know I, I've talked a lot of people who are like, no, 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 got to have a separate plug-in. And it sounds like from what Mike's saying, nope, at, at the end of the day, I mean, better to have one connected with the same unit than it is not to have one at all. Um, and if you want to feel, I guess, better about it, you can plug in a separate unit. But now you have to remember to maintain two of them because remember the life expectancy. And this also on, on a smoke detector, the wired ones, 
do they have the same kind of time frame? I got to believe that, that they still have it in eight to 10 years as well, right? Because right. I think people, that's another one. Ever since the law changed in Wisconsin and everything's wired now, people go, oh, well, then I'm, I'm good forever because I don't need a battery. I don't need to check to see if it, you know, if I got to cha change it. But but I, I don't think people know that the wired ones are still got to be re replaced just like the unwired yeah. ones, right? Every, every eight to 10 years or for that manufacturer, but they also have battery backup. You know, so the power goes out. You know, we still got to change those batteries every six months or replace oh. it with a 10-year lithium one. You know, wow. people often wonder, you know, when, you know, the power goes out, their smoke alarms are chirping, but, you know, that's usually a low battery signal when the power goes out, you know, letting you know that you got to change those batteries. All right, all right. Say that again because everybody just went, huh? Yeah. Uh, so the chirping is actually not that the generally the power is out. It's the actual probably more than like more than likely indicating that the battery the battery backup isn't actually depending on the manufacturer. But that's usually the case, you know. No it, kidding. It's best to just you know quick little quarter turn, take that thing down, look at the back of it. It'll you know there'll be a little label that explains all the beeps. You know, we don't have all the manufacturers memorized, so that's the first. <laughs> no, thing we do. no, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, we have a couple more minutes here, and I want to talk specifically about sprinkler systems. Um, and for residential use, I mean, if you've if you've seen you know commercial spaces, obviously we've almost convert. You know, anything new is getting sprinkler systems put into it. Uh, we're seeing it better with condos. We're seeing it, it better in, in the multifamily. The residential realm, though, hasn't really uh, latched onto it uh, quite yet. At least in Wisconsin, there are other areas that have done a better better job than we have. Um, let's walk through like the, the, the top three things about a home sprinkler system that either you want to de de debunk or that would say that would be the reasons why we would, we would want one in a new construction home that maybe I was going to build. Sure. So within the Firefighters Foundation, we have the Wisconsin Fire Sprinkler Coalition, which is just a coalition of fire service organizations, the fire sprinkler industry, the safety industry, and we just work to identify and overcome the barriers to the acceptance of fire sprinklers. You know, so we work with a number of different stakeholders, whether it's home builders, people looking to buy a home, um, you know, water purveyors. You know, there's a lot more that goes into this than I, I ever thought possible. Everything from water rights, uh, plumbing code, um, hmm. you know, building code, um, de build developments. You know, there, there's a lot more that goes into this than I originally thought when we, we took this on. Uh, but we've made some really good progress, you know, one, making, you know, good relationships with people, builders and people within the, the building remodeling industry and uh, working to provide real education uh, to builders. So uh, recently we just uh, awarded, uh, raised money, and um, we're going to put a fire sprinkler system in a home of a, a, a firefighter that was uh, uh, became disabled hmm. and they're doing an ADA uh, showcase home. Uh, so we're going to put fire sprinklers in there, uh, but we're going to document the process start to finish. Everything from the design and thinking about water, whether it's municipal or rural water supply, where that water is you know, coming from. Uh, we'd really like to do a multi-use system, which ties the potable water system, the same water that goes through your you know, sinks, toilets, you know, whatnot, with the fire sprinkler system, hmm. which is the most cost-effective way to do this because there's not a duplicate plumbing system just for the sure. fire sprinkler system. Um, and we're going to, you know, document the costs involved, you know, so we want to truly give builders the resource. So, so if a customer asks for this, you know, they know how to, you know, price it out, you know, you know, as a small business owner, like how, you know, what's in it, you know, for them, how does it, you know, make business sense to put this in? Um, and then 
offer, you know, good advice, you know, the design elements, um, you know, things to consider, you know, uh, it's very hard right now to provide a, a price per square foot. You know, people always ask for it. There's so many things that go into that, whether you have vaulted ceilings, how big the room is, you know, the you know, fuel load, you know, water supply. Um, you know, that's what, you know, people want to know. And, and in areas of the country, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, for example, where it was a part of, like, local ordinances where new construction had to have fire sprinklers, these multi-use systems were as low as, like, 88 cents a square foot. Hmm. You know, well, we'd like to take that back to Wisconsin and say, hey, all right, you know, this is, order, this is where we're at, this is where we want to go, and these are the, the barriers we have to overcome uh, to get there. So that's the progress of the, the Fire Sprinkler Coalition. Um, you know, again, that being the gold standard of fire prevention, you know, in our homes, uh, you know, it, it truly does, you know, buy people time to get out. You know, with fire being as fast as it can, this allows people to escape. This provides, you know, pr- property, you know, as a secondary, you know, priority. Um, these fire sprinkler heads are, you know, maybe flowing, you know, less than 15 to 25 gallons a minute. Uh, and they're putting out the fire now versus that fire growing to, you know, flash over and then, Having the firefighters arrive, you know, in probably um, four to fifteen minutes, depending on you know where where you are. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you know, you have much larger fire loss, and the firefighters are, are flowing a minimum of 150 gallons a minute plus. Um, so that quickly adds up. So fire damage, water damage, you know, with a fire sprinkler system, people are back in their homes within hours or days. With uh, without them, you know, people, you know, sometimes never. You sure. Know, get back in their home, um, but it could take you know weeks to, to months to get back in your home with a you know any fire loss really these days with smoke and you know as toxic as that is. You know, it, well, it really smoke is. toxins. We also know that you know you get three to five minutes right before potentially, right. so it's it can be devastating as as far as 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 never and the loss of of property is not is not so much the cost but the memories. You know, at the at the end of the day, that's that's another way to prevent it. So, so to to to, to kind of hit two highlighted things that you said. First one was, um, you said fifteen gallons a minute. Yes. Okay. Versus one hundred and fifty gallons a minute. Correct. I mean, that's significant amount of water difference between what's coming out of a fireman's hose and what could be just taking out the the the, the, the small fire in the kitchen area. Um, so I, I think that's that's an incredible piece to it. That amount of water, that difference can be whether you get into your house in days or weeks versus never or months or years. Um, I, I have the um, the way the industry is right now. I know that the the, the some of my, the, the restoration companies are twelve to sixteen months before you can get someone back in, um, and that's not to, and that's not including all the loss of your of the personal items that you had. Um, so that, that's important. I think some things I've, I've learned o- over the years with you is that, you know, they aren't ugly commercial, you know, sprinkler heads. You know, there are ways to hide them. Um, and so you don't have to feel like you're, you can almost have the sense of security without having to see it. So some, some people will say, I just don't like the way they look or I don't want a baseball to hit it and I do all these different things or bad, you know, think kids are throwing stuff. So there are preventative ways to make it aesthetically look really nice. Um, and the second thing that, I, that, that you had said that I wanted to touch base on is the fact that there are different types of systems. And so I think pe- people inherently think that the commercial system you see at the restaurant is going to be the one that's in your house, and that's not the case at all. Um, it's, it's much more, we'll call it residential friendly. Um, and th- to, to debunk the, if your plumbing system doesn't leak, neither will your sprinkler system. It's one of those things that people, oh, well, I have a sprinkler system. 
I mean, I'm just susceptible to all the water. You know, it's just going to leak. And I, well, your plumbing system, it's no more susceptible than your than, than your current system. And how often does that really happen? Is it a possibility? Absolutely. But, you know, again, those are more of a rarity than a, than a common item. So, all right. Well, that's we're out about uh, we're out of time today, Mike. It's always and I think we could just continuously talk about this stuff. It's so fascinating. Um, is there anything you wanted to, to wrap up with or or leave? No, check us out for more information. Really touch the service. I'd love to be back on here again. You know, <laughs> thanks sure. so much for having me. For for sure, yes, definitely. We will um, check check them out. They're also a, a member of Stepping on Green, so you can uh, get a direct link off of our website. Check it out there, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time, Mike. All right, thanks for having me. Stepping on Green's mission is to create healthier indoor environments for us to live and work in. This is one of the ways that we do this. Please like, subscribe, or share this, as well as leave a comment below about this topic, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. As always, stay healthy. We'll see you next time.